advisory to those who are not animal lovers, open to new ideas, or interested in integrative holistic healthcare for your pets, and believe that prescription diet is the best food for your pet. This podcast may offend your sensibilities. Have you ever felt frustrated and helpless after listening and doing everything your vet told you to do but it only made your sick pet worse and not get any better? That's me in 2008 with my first adopted cat, Meow. I did everything the vet told me to do and I realised she wasn't getting any better and only worse. So I decided to look into alternative health options and was drawn to the stories of holistic pet service entrepreneurs and their transformative journey, overcoming obstacles, chasing their passion and creating a movement that has caused a ripple effect of positive change in the lives of their clients and pets around the world. Join me as I share the raw, inspiring journeys of these amazing entrepreneurs, their successes and failures. My name is Amrys Wang, and this is The Raw Entrepreneur. Good morning, everyone. This is Amrys Wang of The Raw Entrepreneur. Today's episode is with my favourite, witty and big-hearted UK vet, Dr. Nick Thompson of Holistic Vet. He is a pioneer advocate for species-appropriate raw food feeding for pets for the last 25 years in the United Kingdom. This is his story. Who is Dr. Nick Thompson? Oh, good question. That's, that's always, yeah, that's a, yeah, wow, that's a first. Nobody's ever asked me that one before. So, Amaris, you, uh, you did well. Who is he? Well, he's a guy who... Uh, qualified from uh, Edinburgh University, if we're talking professional life. Uh, He's a guy who qualified from Edinburgh University with two degrees, one one in pathological sciences and one in veterinary medicine in 1990. Okay, and I did pathological sciences because I wanted to to do some some pure science as well as just doing uh, veterinary medicine, which is just learning, learning, learning. And... um, and so he, he qualified in 1990 and he went to work. He worked in Yorkshire. No, no 92, 92. I, I, in 1990, I was in, in, in Singapore Zoo um, doing some zoological work. But in 92, sorry, I qualified. So in 92, I went to Yorkshire and I worked for three years in Yorkshire being a Yorkshire vet and, and doing cats and dogs and horses and guinea pigs and and it was wonderful um and during within the first year of being in practice i was amazed that there were so many conditions that i couldn't actually cure i was just managing them and i was uh using drugs mainly uh hadn't really thought about food at that stage because it was just you will feed hills or, or you'll feed raw cannon or whatever it was that's just the way we were taught it was actually hills in that in those days and then i did so three years in yorkshire and then moved down to a practice where we did uh homeopathy and acupuncture and nutrition and herbal medicine it was all together and it was during that time when i was studying homeopathy one of the guys went to australia and came back with this book by this funny guy called ian billinghurst 
and I read it and I looked at it and read it and I thought, hmm, really? And then just one day during my, just during my homeopathic studies, there's a thing within homeopathy, which is removing obstacles to cure. And it suddenly struck me that the greatest obstacle to cure is feeding a dog an unnatural and non-species appropriate ultra pro even before the word ultra processed existed but it was ultra processed food how can anybody my, my parents my mother was a nurse my father was a doctor and we were raised with great food always 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 and it's always healthy food healthy food and it it just struck me as very 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 obvious that you can't make an animal healthy unless you're feeding healthy food and whatever it says on the on the bag on the tin it's never going to be as healthy as real food. And so that's really mid nineties. That's where my raw food journey began uh, 25 or so years ago. And it's just been a roller coaster. I haven't driven it at all. It's just, I've just been drawn and drawn and drawn towards raw food. Uh, and kind of away from medicine, away from surgery. I love working with horses, but I'm even being drawn away from them because I'm talking to people about feeding dogs so much and uh, 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 cats. And, and so I'm just going, like you said, going with the flow. I'm just going with the flow. This is something I really enjoy. I love to talk, talking to people about food. And I think it's a, a, a massively, it's a very, very, very strong intervention it's simple our pets our pets love it uh owners love it once they get over the fear factor and um it's safe it's easy it's there's there's no real downside to it apart from having to fight with um the raw food manufacturers who who yeah, that's another story. That's another story. So there you go. That's kind of where I find myself now. So I am a vet. And I, I have trained as a vet and I'm, and I'm very proud to be a vet. But I'm just being drawn towards raw food and the health, the simple, simple health benefits, the health transformations that one can bring by simply going to raw or even just fresh. Fresh means lightly cooked raw food if you like yeah um and and it's just a joyous way to way to be and um so there you go to your first probing question amaris i will say professionally that's who i am For, from in my non-professional life um um i'm uh, married to ellie who is half Indonesian, so she's from your part of the world, which is wonderful because it means I've got a, a connection with Southeast Asia, which is great. Uh, I've got uh, I'm the father of Ophelia, who is six, and Arthur, who is eight, and they're amazing. And uh, we have Bluebell, the Whippet, who she's a Whippet Italian Greyhound cross, and she is about eighteen months now. And I am father to, as well, father, as it were, to Ziggy, who is an eight-year-old snowshoe cat, and he prowls around the garden all day long. And we've got, uh, we've got 
six chickens and we've got two peacocks who prowl around the wow. garden out here. It's getting, a bit, getting dark here now, so I can't see them, but usually they're, they're out there on the buildings. So it's, it's nonstop fun here. So there you go. That's, wow. that's neat in a, in a very small nutshell. You're like, you're like Dr. Doolittle. You've got, you've got your own little mini farm over there. Yeah. <laughs> mini farm, including children. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Farming little young adults as well. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, wow. So you've been, you've been an advocate for raw feeding for almost 25 plus years now. Um, yeah, yeah. What? What challenges did you face during that period? Because that's a long time. And I think when you first started, you were probably like, Mm -hmm. yeah, like a pioneer because most people in the 1990s would not even think about feeding raw. You know, it's all commercial. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the old days, uh, I I, I still have the sheet. Basically, it was saying, right, you need to get the meat. Uh, There was only one producer of raw meat at that stage good meat with bone in it yeah uh, and, and i said right go and get the meat and then you get your vegetables and you, you your green vegetables and you blend them down and you mix them and you get a little bit of seaweed and a little bit of this and a little bit of that a little bit of fish oil and what have you and so i gave i gave recipes nowadays you don't need really need to give recipes because number one there are a lot of great companies in the uk who are who are providing raw food for for uh dogs and cats um but also the google has come along when i first started google didn't really exist yeah in in 95 96 it didn't exist so Mm. people relied on these things called pieces of paper (laughs) you know and um and so we that's where we started it was you know your dog's sick uh you've tried five different different types of diet and none of them work like this and and people followed it on a piece of paper and it was it was great it worked really well but the more popular it became the more people came to raw wanted raw food and so um i was eventually i was able to say here's the raw food here's here's go and talk to these manufacturers and they will do the raw food for you to make it convenient for you so that it's it's easy because you can say to people this diet is really fantastic, but if it's difficult and it is, it, it, it's not what they're used to, it might be a struggle and they, they may not do it. Um, however, one of the beauties of raw food for dogs and for cats is that if you put dog or a cat onto raw food within two weeks, you will see changes. You'll see cleaner teeth. You'll see better stuff. You'll be see less smelly dogs and cats more energy, brighter eyes, less gun coming out of the ears. All of these things are very quick. And that, I think, is the biggest, biggest, biggest selling point for raw food. It sells itself because very quickly you see this change. Now, cats can be difficult to transition onto raw food, uh, but uh, dogs are usually quite easy. Uh, and and within that, that, those first two weeks, you do see. So that I think is what is 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 the 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 the, the strongest driver of of raw food. Really, is the fact that it sells itself. If raw food was, you know, the answer to every everything, it's not. But it's the answer to many, many, many things. 
and but it took two years for the effects to come through i don't think we would be in the position we are today where it's such a a a popular way of treating cats and dogs so, were you popular um, were you so okay uh, yeah were you popular so that's where that's where it all started and then gradually after that everybody everybody came on came online they 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 began to realize how amazing it was and so gradually the word got out and it became popularized and you know we've done mm. a lot of work to popularize it because it's so powerful um but now it has a it has a head of steam itself. But still, people email me every single day from all over the world, Singapore, from Indonesia, Australia, saying, "Tell me about raw food. What is it? What can it do? My dog is doing this. What? How can how can you help with 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 using raw food?" And and so it's there's still a lot of. Uh, education that we have to do which is why it's great that you're 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 doing this work amaris so well done you <laughs> thank you um when you when you were starting out uh, with your peers you know your colleagues um was mm -hmm. it easy to you know um you know uh announce that you know you were playing for this this is what you're doing this is you know uh the the path that you're taking as opposed to promoting, say, a conventional commercial prescription diet? Sure. Sure. Um, no, and it still isn't. It's, it's, in the early days, nobody knew about it, and therefore it wasn't too much of a problem. Then probably from about 2000 to 2010, there was a bit of a backlash, and then quite a lot of vets were saying, oh, you can't do that, you'll you'll injure your dog or your cat. But since about 2010, approximately, uh, gradually the profession has softened and now they kind of say, well, if you must make sure you do it properly. Yeah. See somebody who can t tell you how to do it properly. So that's the, 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 the profession is less antagonistic now. Um, so it's, it, it's, it's kind of easier easier now i've got a lot of very good uh conventional colleagues who are quite happy to work with us uh and i also have conventional colleagues who are keen on raw food as well they don't like acupuncture or homeopathics or herbs but they uh, are very happy to advocate uh, raw food and you know as as um running your own vet clinic um did you did you face, I don't know, uh, uh, confrontation or, you know, difficulties with, you know, um, you know, commercial partners or, you know, entities in, the, in that sense when, when you're trying to, you know, promote this holistic um, raw feeding approach to, to healing your, your, your clients? Okay, I can honestly say that I don't think I've ever had any um, serious um, resistance to raw food. Okay, uh, uh, I've you know over the years, it's you know if the, if if the vets are not happy with it, they certainly don't tell me. And I think the results speak for themselves. By no means do I cure every case I ever see. By no means. I wish I did. But we are able to 
turnaround cases where where conventional drugs and conventional medicine and conventional uh, foods, yeah, i.e. kibbles and tins, are not able to, we can turn around some of these cases, cats and dogs. And so I think that there is sometimes a begrudging respect for raw food. They don't really understand it, but they realize it's kind of weird voodoo that, 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 that allows us to do things that they are not able to do. So I think it, it's, um, it's, it's, it's improving every year. It improves every year. More and more vets come over to the raw, to feeding raw. We have the a society now, in fact, called the raw feeding veterinary society, rfvs.info. If you could put that in the, in the information, below the that's what they do these days isn't it yeah, rfes.info yeah. so if you're a vet or you're a vet tech you're a vet nurse come and join us come and come and join the uh, join the party uh there's a lot of great conversation going on all around the world we also have a, f- a facebook group called um uh, rfes uh public discussion and uh, anybody can join that and just talk about raw food and, and the vets will, uh, and vet nurses will contribute to that as well. So that's a, that's a nice addition to, uh, to the conversation, the raw food conversation, because really we, we're, we're all, we all want the same thing. We all want happy, healthy pets. Yeah. Cats, healthy, healthy, happy, great poos, great teeth, good fur, um good vitality you know dogs same um uh good good appetite great great teeth great ears good digestion good poos easily easy pick up poos for the dogs you know it's 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 a really simple equation uh and and i think raw food is a is a is a a massive massive part of that equation what you put in your dog makes a big difference to what comes out of your dog and what happens in between times, whether it's teeth or fish, teeth or ears or skin or all these things. So it's a really simple thing. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't tell anybody, but actually raw food feeding is very, very simple. Yeah. Don't tell anyone because otherwise I'll be out of the job. You know, you know, talking to you, um, I get a sense that in the UK, the, um, the resistance to raw feeding is not as great as say in the U S where there seems to be a lot more um, difficulty or pressure for vets, you know, uh, in particular over there to conform to the conventional practices and they get penalized, you know, commercially um, in, in, in their businesses as the clinics that they run sometimes as well. Mm. Uh, mm. but talking to you, you know, uh, I, you know, it seems not, not as bad in the UK compared to the U S is that, is that a right assessment? It's, no, or? I think it's true. I think in the U S in the U S I think that the FDA, uh, is pretty much giving raw food companies pretty hard time, even though the uh, incidence of of uh, injury to to pets or to owners is more or less zero. Yeah, they'll find a 
trace of salmonella and or a trace of this or trace of that and they'll shut down a, a, a factory um and that's there's a whole load of political intrigue behind all of that stuff and i'm not going to go into that but i think um i think the brits are ahead of the americans in accepting a a, a new way of thinking about feeding because when you feed raw food for me the ideal is feeding variety you don't have to feed a scientifically formulated meal every time it doesn't every mouthful doesn't need to be balanced in my opinion yeah you and i don't eat every meal as a balanced meal it's over a week it all balances up you don't have enough calcium on a monday and then you don't have enough iron on a tuesday and then you have too much iodine on a wednesday you have too much fat on a friday and da, 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 and so it all balances up and i think that that is how 8.7 million uh, different species on the planet that's how they all eat apart from about 10 or 12 domesticated species including the dog and the cat yeah these are fed very formulated diets why yeah what 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 says that you've got a, every mouthful has to be balanced yeah the answer is it's industry says it's that every mouthful has to be balanced because that's the only way they can make it they can't make a, a you know something with variety um uh but they they, they the raw food manufacturers can they will just they will feed uh they will they, they will give uh put in together the seasonal vegetables they will have there's natural variation in the in the meats that they put into their foods depending on the on the the grass that the the animals were raised on for example um and so there's natural variation and that's how that's how animals have been eating for the last million years so you know what that's good enough for me that's how humans eat so who are we humans to to say that everything has to be scientifically formulated so i reject the the every meal must be balanced and complete uh, uh that 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 formula okay now m many raw food companies will make their diet so that they're pretty balanced and complete but that's because even though they say to people you've got to feed a variety some people just get onto one food and the dog will only eat one food and so they only feed one food okay so therefore it has to be quite balanced and complete but that's a different that's a different argument to the ideal where you're able to feed a variety you know you can feed for a week you feed chicken and then for a week you feed lamb and then for a week you feed um uh kangaroo and then for a week you feed beef and then da, 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 you know that i think is a much more healthy way to to feed and when i say when i say beef it means beef with green vegetables and uh, some, some some salmon oil or some flax oil and some seaweed and some spirulina and da, 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 you know all of these good things together but variety 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 for me that is the cornerstone in fact amaris i have done a video if you go to Vimeo, uh, and and if if you're able to put it in the things the the, the details at the bottom, um, 
Vimeo, on, if you go to Vimeo and you look on, on raw feeding the basics, you'll get an hour and a half of me teaching you in 10 short lessons how to feed raw food. How cool is that? Awesome. So that's, that's, a, that's cool. a little, a little, a little treat. Yeah. It's, we, we deliberately kept it really cheap so that it's available to everybody. Um, uh, you know, with whatever the economy is in Singapore, you've got, you're pretty strong, your economy, but in some places not so strong. So we made it, wanted to make it um, available to, to everyone, wherever they may find themselves. So that's, that, that's, it's really, really simple. And um, I'd like to think that I'm kind of quite good at, at, at explaining things and <laughs> it's, it's, it's really simple. Yeah. You'd like it. You'd like, check it out. So when, when did you start, um, you know, um, doing your advocacy from just your clinic and your uh, raw feeding veterinary society with the conferences and all that, the lectures that you do, um, when did you start mm-hmm. um, moving mm-hmm. on to social media, you know? Um, oh, you know, yeah. Well, I'm just thinking, yeah, when you were saying the thing that, you know, before the internet, you know, social media really took off. It was lectures. I'd go to a church hall and speak to 12 people for two hours, you know, and because that's, that's how it was done. Well, but um, how did the, the social media stuff, how did that take off? That's a really good question. You're a very good interviewer. You're, you're making me think here. How did it start? Basically, I guess it's kind of started with Facebook, but I didn't really get into Facebook. And now I'm actively running away from Facebook because I don't like it. I use it for work, but that's about it. I do, I do mainly Instagram on this because it's really quick and you can just put things up. You know, if I've got two minutes before a consultation or something, I can just go ding, 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 and, 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 and put something up. Um, and then that gets fed through to my, my Facebook page that's that's kind of how i do it so it looks like i do a facebook and i do instagram but i don't i just do just do the instagram stuff and then you're talking to on my instagram i'm talking to four thousand people every time which is really great to get the message out uh and on on my facebook group like eleven thousand people to get the message out which is which is amazing and and i'm really lucky to be to be invited emma rutherford i'm on uh, i help with her her group a little and we, we, we do talks between us and then George or that's always useful that gets out to several thousand people every week which is great so again it just kind of happened uh, and it I guess it I, I can honestly say I can't remember how it happened I haven't even really done YouTube videos. I've done one or two. I've done some interviews and things like that, which are on YouTube. If you go onto Nick Thompson on YouTube, you'll either get a wrestler or you'll get me. Uh, and the wrestler's the guy with the tattoos. I'm the guy without. Okay, so you, so you know who's who's who. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah there you go i can't remember how it started but it is so we've now got the instagram we've got holistic bet limited on facebook we've got um a, a bit of stuff on youtube i should do more but the thing is i haven't got time i haven't got time to do to do all the social media as i should you know to do social media i reckon you need like three hours a day dedicated mm. 
to it, you know. And, to do and you're you're still YouTube practicing full time, aren't you? Instagram. Totally, yeah. I'm doing consultancy and I'm consulting. Consultancy, that's I'm working with companies to develop products and develop messages and things like this. Um, and uh, uh, I'm, I'm consulting. So I saw, I saw a couple of lovely whippets this morning and I was speaking to people about, uh, uh, about their pets uh, all morning. And then this afternoon I'm doing kind of um, social media and uh, consultancy stuff. I've got to, let's have a look at, at five o'clock, I have to c uh, contact uh, Carla Pearson, who's going to be on Georgia. She's she's on uh, UK time, eight o'clock tomorrow. So I'm going to ca call her at five so that we can make sure that everything's working. That's how we do it. Like the day before, we all go on and just make sure everybody knows which buttons to press on the <laughs> Wednesday night. Uh, I've got a, a, another phone call to make shortly. So if, if we can do the last five minutes or so, if that's okay, Amaris. Um, yeah um uh yeah great thank you um so yeah it's really exciting you know what i wake up every morning and apart from my consultations and the, the stuff that's booked i'm not always sure how the day is going to pan out and i quite like that i quite like the the variety and the the different you know i didn't know what conversation we were going to have but actually you've you've you you're, you're, you're stimulating my brain with your with your probing okay. probing so, questions so thank you for that amaris so your you know when you first started out your journey as a holistic vet or well as a vet and then switching to a mm. convention a holistic vet mm. and then a raw feeding um yeah did you do you think that you've reached a goal that you set out for yourself in the beginning oh no i didn't have a goal i just uh i knew what i didn't want to do and so I moved away from that and I, and I knew what I enjoyed and what I believed in. And I, tr I, 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 I tended towards those things. And that's really is how I've, how I've played it. It's, it's been a kind of a, it's been a more of a drift than a, this is what I want to do. So, so you've really um, been going with the flow. I'm very, and pretty much, pretty much. You know, if you, if, you, if you find something that you really love, yeah, that really, really stimulates you and to a greater or lesser extent, it helps you pay the mortgage, then great, go with it, you know. Or if you've got something else that does pay the mortgage that allows you to do something that you really love, go for it, you know, that's Did, that's you, really did you ever great. think you, you could? Know, really, really great. I could what? Did you, did you ever think that you would quit? doing what you're doing have you ever quit, thought about quitting quit what yeah oh no what you're doing no 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 no, no. uh no i'm uh 53 now and i i think i'm going to be doing this for at least the next 20 years i okay, would hope cool. i would hope i would hope in this country we say touch wood yeah <laughs> um so what are you most proud of you know, uh, for your entire journey to date? Wow. I think that, that uh, the, fact, the fact that I am, where, professionally speaking, uh, it's because uh, I, I, I have, by luck, created a job which I really enjoy 
talking a lot about food and advocacy for food. Um, but the other thing that is, uh, I'm really, really proud of is, is the Raw Feeding Veterinary Society. We have almost 200 veterinary professionals around the world who are in active conversation on a daily basis talking about raw food. Yeah, and, and, and I, to, together with a few other guys, uh, initially started the, uh, the Raw Feeding Veterinary Society. And um, it's, that's been a, it's been a, 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 a revelation, a wonderful thing. And well, one, one side question is, how did you get two peacocks? <laughs> Good question. So, uh, the, so what happened was a lady a mile up the road in the next village, she, for her 50th birthday, she got two peacocks and she, she got them, uh, took them off the van, put them in her garden and they both flew away immediately. <laughs> one of them came to us. The other one went to a farm five miles down the road. And the one that came to us, he just stayed and he was getting lonely. So we went to the farm and we got his father actually. And he, we brought his father here and we put them together. They settled and now they just wander around. We don't, we don't enclose them. They sleep in the trees up here at night. So we didn't, we didn't, we, we got his dad. Uh, he's called Sir Julian, Sir Julian P. Cock. And his father is called Raja. And, uh, and they just, they just hang out. And, and when I come down to make tea in the morning, they're just there saying, hello, how are you? <laughs> yeah, it's good. So what, so, so what inspires you, you know, every day to get you going in the morning when you wake up? Who inspires you? What inspires you to do what you're doing? Wow. Who inspires me? That's great. Um, who inspires me? Who inspires me? Gosh, so many, so many amazing people. Uh, I'm just trying to think specifically within, within the raw feeding. I think Rodney Habib is amazing. I think Karen Becker is amazing. I think um, uh, Barbara Royal is, is, is difficult to keep up with because she's so busy and so, so prolific. Um, they, they, would be, they would be at the top of the list for just ceaselessly graciously you know putting out of a really strong sensible message despite all the all the all the all the all the criticism that they've had over the years you know uh they 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 just keep on going and and so yeah i would say those guys are great i'd like to think that they're my friends whenever they come over to the uk uh, we would we would try and link up and, and and see catch up with each other, and so I did a, did a, an interview with with um, Karen about three months ago, so that should be coming out soon. It's just a fifteen minute piece talking about questions like this. You know, what do you do? Why do you do it? You know, people somebody proposed me for 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 the, for a prize, and so that was really nice. And she it was nice to chat with her for a little short time. So 
there you go there's a few people and if you don't know them guys these singaporean guys our singaporean brothers and sisters check them out rodney habib karen becker Catherine, uh, uh, um, uh, barbara royal yeah these are these are these are brilliant and also have a look at the guys at answers pet food in the united states they do some really great work with fermented fermented uh, uh product really good answers billy herkman is the the the, the chief nutrition guy at uh, answers pet food so definitely worth following those guys oh and there's another uh connor brady is fabulous we like connor brady and if you if you need to get him on he's a he's a good value connor brady uh dogsfirst.ie he's 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 great and he's coming out with a book actually soon uh so look out for that i'm i'm reliably informed in december the book connor dr connor brady is coming out with his book and i think it's called feeding dogs very simple title i can't remember what the title is i have i've I've read several of the chapters for him and it's brilliant it's brilliant well dr nick you know i i have to say um you're (laughs) I love you. You're you're a great man, and no, I no really no. truly. Yeah, I mean, even 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 when I'm doing this interview with you, you know, uh, you're very gracious, and you're and and you and you like to talk about and promote, you know, other uh, people who are in the movement as well, who are you know advocating for raw feeding, fresh feeding, um, mm. you know, mm. uh, philosophy for your animals. And one thing I I, I really admire about you is mm. you know you're you're so chilled, you know, you go with the flow, you know, and you love what you do. Uh, nothing seems to phase you, uh, mm, you know, mm. and, and I, I mm. love the fact that you, you have, you know, your little zoo at home and, you know, you, you, I can see that you truly enjoy what you're doing, you know, and I wish, I wish everyone, uh, mm. you know, would be, you know, would be like you, um, you know, to embrace the philosophy, mm. to educate, you know, what you do, uh, you're very prolific yourself. You know, you mentioned um, Rodney Habib, Dr. Karen Becker, but, um, you know, me following what you do, you know, you're doing a lot, a lot over there as well. And I just wanted to thank you on behalf of all the pet parents out there around the world who have access to internet like I do, you know, uh, truly That's enjoy true. what you do. So, That's you know, true. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for listening to Dr. Nick's story. Look out for Evan Doggett's interview next week. Wow, I'm so thankful and grateful that you took the time to listen to this podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could subscribe, download, rate, review, and share this with others whom you care about that may enjoy it as well. Thank you and remember to be kind to yourself and others. Have a awesome day, everyone.